Welcome to the Three Hokages Podcast. We're your hosts, Kay, Kareem, and Hanif. So the, today we'll be talking about the season, possibly series finale of Lovecraft Country, episode 10, Full Circle. Uh, this episode did indeed um, come full circle. Uh, did it give us the answers we were looking for? Or did it just create more questions that we need answers to? Um, so, Kay, tell me what your thoughts are on the series finale based off of the way you felt midway through the season where you no longer wanted to watch. Did it live up to your expectations? Okay. So it brought me back to wanting to watch clearly. Um, as you can tell by my Twitter feed, (laughs) (laughs) I, I, if it truly ends here, like if the, if Tick's journey and every, if it truly ends here, I'm okay with it. It it told a story. It got to a point. Do I love the ending? Like the whole ending? No. Are there parts of this ending episode that I were just like, yes? Would those parts of those endings be like the last three minutes? Absolutely. <laughs> Give it to the kids. More power to the kids. The kids are our future. <laughs> but are there parts of it like overall? Overall, I enjoyed the episode. There are parts of it that I was just like, did we need this? Could you have expanded on other things? Yes. Did I need this? No. Did this need to happen? Gosh, no. But overall, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad I stuck with the show. Because like I said, those last three minutes and like that last visual, I need that last visual to be the start of something else. (laughs) I need that in my life. (laughs) Anif, what about you? Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, it was a good one for me. I feel it's a good way to close out this series. I don't think you really need a secondary season. Uh, I could see you doing a spinoff based upon what we see in the, in the, in the, the final images. I could see that being a, a spinoff. There were some problems I had with it, with the, with the actual episode, but overall I was, I was pleased with how it turned out. Uh, we'll, we'll break down what issues we had and what we did enjoy throughout this season. But overall, I, I liked the way full circle ended. Kareem, what about yes. you? Um, I, I, I agree. Uh, but it's, it's interesting how my, the more I think about the season um, and even the episode, uh, the more questions I have. But it also helps me understand um, my enjoyment of this show. So overall, I enjoyed the show. Um, I think it was a, a fun ride throughout. I think this episode um, captured that element and that feeling perfectly because there were parts of this episode where the characters were so happy-go-lucky that it made me nervous. Um, yeah. So the beginning of this episode, it, it, it jumped right into it, and I started feeling like, okay, they're going to get to a lot of answers um, when they first when this episode first opened, and they're trying to save D. Um, they have the book of names. Um, they're ready to go in to, to, to help D in terms of her situation. Um, and then Letty and Tick, after they opened the book using the, the code, the phrase that Letty was given last episode, they both faint and then they're brought into this ancestral realm. Um, so I felt that was a good aspect and a good element to add. Um, but similar to how my feelings are about the entire show, some of it was, wow, this is a really cool element. But then the other question was, well, why didn't they explain some of this earlier in the series? Um, so I think that's my overall feeling, which is it's really cool. There's a lot of elements to enjoy. I'm glad I stuck through for the entire ride. 
But then there's some questions that I've had about the choices that were made as well. But I, I think they, um, for them not telling us those choices or, or the reasons behind it uh, until the season finale was kind of like one of those things where I think they were trying to put us into the shoes of the characters where they didn't, they were discovering this as well. Like when Tick uh, goes into that ancestral plane or purgatory where he meets not only his mother, but his uh, ancestor, um, Hannah. So I think that's like his first time knowing that, okay, not only did Hannah have the book, not only did she um, she put the curse or, or the spell on the book so that way it could never be used by not just by uh, black people, but by white people, mainly uh, white people so that way they, they wouldn't have access to this magic ever again. That's something I think Tick uh, discovered just as the viewer um, of the show also discovered at the same time. Okay, but let's be honest. Whose ancestral plane would you rather be in? Ticks or Black Panthers? Black Panther. Black Panther. <laughs> like, that Black just looks Panther. so pretty. And they were just like, wait. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, when they made it to the ancestral plane, when I just thought that was beautiful. And when mm-hmm. she, like, harnesses her fire and gives it to Tick. I mean, first of all, hello. I'm glad, I'm glad we got to actually hear her speak. That's number one. But the fact that she, the way she realized that she, like, that that pain followed her into it. And it not only just like kind of helped, it hurt her, but it's not like a protecting and you can harness your fire. I was like, that's great. It's like, cause you need to harness your rage sometimes and your rage can be as strong as fire. And then she just handed it to him. Mm-hmm. But then that moment would tick and okay, wait, let me go back. I have a question. No, no, keep we going knew it. Harness in the fire. That was no, 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 no. Because I'm pissed <laughs> off about that first part with, with, with um, with, with D. Y'all idiots knew it was a six-hour drive. Why didn't y'all just try to fix D before? Y'all had the book. You had everybody around you. Why the hell didn't y'all try to fix D with the book in Kentucky, Kansas, wherever the hell we were? Why I have to drive all the way back? That's six hours wasted. Why couldn't y'all try to use the, the spell there? Yeah, I don't understand why they didn't do the spell um, right there, right when they got out the portal. Because all of everyone who's part of the spell was inside the room. Exactly. Except That's... for uh, Ruby. No, except for was Ruby even there? No. No. So it wasn't. Yeah. So it's like, why? The, you could have done this right now. Why, right. Why? Like everybody that was there when she, when you eventually did it was was there in when you like left the portal. Why the hell did y'all take a six hour drive to harm this kid? Because realistically, it's just like yo, y'all just why? That's just I'm sorry. I just need. But to we, we know the people. real reason why. The I'm... real reason why is because it was a much nicer scene to have D on the bed. And that, that's to me, is, is probably the only reason. I mean, we can make a case that maybe it wasn't safe there, but the reality is because it was easier to have the um, place on the bed and it made for a much cooler scene. And I think that's what led to the decision to have them there. And again, I'm not criticizing the show overall in terms of not enjoying it, but that's, that's part of what I'm thinking about now in terms of some of the questions that I have and some of the choices that were made. Yeah. Um, because uh, it's obviously it's not a spoiler at this point because it happens in the first episode. And if you um, listen to our voices and you hadn't watched the episode, that's sad on you. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but but part of what I did after this episode ended is I looked up the major differences between the show and the book. Um, I only do that in some cases when I'm like, okay, I enjoyed it, but I don't know if I want to sit through the entire ride again by reading the book. Um, so I wanted to just see what the major differences were were so I could, you know, form my opinion about whether or not I would want to read something based off of that. And and that made me 
think of some of the choices even more. Um, so again, it's not a spoiler mention that Uncle George dies in the first episode. Um, in the book, we already know he does not die at all. So the question I have is, what was the purpose of making Uncle George die? Um, where it's not so much about saving him as a character because there were, there were enough characters to cover a lot of different other elements, but it made it seem as if it was it fundamentally had to happen in order for the story to advance the way that it did. But now I wonder, did it really have to happen? Because I feel the same way about Tick to an extent. And it's not about Tick or Mancho, but it's about from the very beginning, he was a sacrificial lamb. And that was his whole role his entire story centered around him becoming a sacrificial lamb. And reality is there was no escaping it for him. So it appears that there may have been some character development and some growth, but the growth was already in a predetermined um, life for this character. Now we're not talking about real life. We're talking about a show. Um, And in terms of that, it's it's, to me is there's certain lines you have to draw based off of, character development, um, story building, world building. And I think some of the characters got lost in their own story as opposed to as helping the overall story advance at times. I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I would have to agree that <clears throat> I think it was important for uh, looking back on the um, 10 episode season or series, I think it was important for George to uh, be removed, uh, whether died or passed away by murder or not, uh, from the story because he's the he was there. Um, uh, he was basically almost like he's the Obi Wan Kenobi in Star Wars: A New Hope, pretty much. He's the logical uh, person to kind of keep them on this path of getting the book, getting the f- first finding Montrose kind of thing, you know, or uh, getting to the Death Star or whatever have you, getting the plans from uh, uh, from Leia to whatever have you. That's what Uncle George is. Without Uncle George, without their moral, without their moral compass, without their logical compass of Uncle George, you see how Tick is. Tick doesn't know. He doesn't want to rely on his father because there's already there's already bad blood there. He he's the man of the of the show. He doesn't want to have to rely on on a woman because you no, know, in 1950s, you know, having to rely on a woman is you no know, almost blasphemous kind of thing. So he's not going to listen to Letty. Definitely not going to want to listen to some white lady, Christina. He never heard. He never knew until you no know, a few days ago. George, even throughout the first episode, George was always someone a sounding of reason. And despite having to put up with the race of cops and the, and the sundown town and sundown county and stuff, he was always calm and cool and collected. Whereas once he's gone, you know, Montrose is, is um, filled with rage and hate and and depression, and and Tick is crying in every scene. I mean, there's everyone is just basically going haywire without that moral compass of, of having uncle George. And I think by removing him, you see a lot more drama and a lot more um, panic, possibly suspense and fear in everybody now, because they're always trying to figure out what to do and how to do it and try to work together as a team. And everyone's got their own idea of how to do things. No one's really coming together. Now everyone's like, Tick has his own plan. Letty has her own plan. I'm going to contact Ruby to do that. Like no one knows what each other's person's doing until it's too late. I already gave the plans to Christina. Well, why do you? Oh, not the plans. I already gave the the the, the pictures of the book uh, uh, names to to Christina already. Well, I mean that wasn't the plan. But again, they never talk about a plan. I think George had. If George was there, he would have kept them all calm. Kept okay. This is what we, what's this is what we got. What we need to do. And without him there, it's just like. And no, it would have never happened if George was still alive. What happened to? What happened to D wouldn't have happened. 
what happened with Hippolyta, Hippolyta, that wouldn't have happened. Like, Why so, not? Because she, she would, first off, if you, go ahead. she wouldn't have been, she wouldn't have been able to grow with him there. She wouldn't have been able to have that moment of I'm finding out stuff on my own because George was always there kind of like protecting her mm-hmm. and like kind of keeping her from being able to explore and do things. Look, think about it. He said, maybe the next time we'll both go out together. Maybe like that wasn't even a definite that we would go, that they were going to go out again. Like they would go out on a road trip together. It was a maybe. Now I, I understand what you're saying. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to change the overall decisions that were made, especially when it comes to George as a character. But what I'm pointing to is, is, is I'm using him as a way to make a point about the way the story unfolded in some cases. So if George was still alive, that would not have changed her finding the orrery. And that's Actually, what really helped her. No, they could have found another reason to have her go there because it was still part of a house where everyone was at that house because there was a party going on. They could have made her go there because of that. They could have made her still explore um, that side of her that wanted to branch out beyond George. Um, there was still a way that they could have made that happen. So could again, it have? Because it was, it was kind of her obsession and her willingness to, to get lost in something else that pushed her into the Ori, like that gave her the focus of wanting to figure something out because her world had spiraled out of control. Yeah, but if that she was willing to leave her daughter behind by herself, knowing that her father um, was killed, or at least was dead at that point in time, the willingness to leave her daughter behind to go on these journeys, I think she would have been willing to leave George behind as well with the daughter. And it may have even helped her um, explore a little bit more because the reason why she came back was because Dee was in trouble. But it still didn't. It still didn't prevent her from still being able to travel in ways that this episode implied she was still doing. So the, the my overall point with it is, at at times it appear, it appears that there were some character inconsistencies um, in the sense of characters get lost in the little story arc of their own just because, and it didn't advance the story in some ways where it would help explain some of the overall questions that it left us with. Um, so in, in terms of what are the rules of magic in this world? So it, it, it's Tick changed based off of this episode because of his interactions with Hannah. When she gave him some of that power, some of that fire that basically influenced him to an extent and allowed him to do more. But why couldn't George have that influence on him? If that did give him the ability to tap into his magic a little bit more, mm-hmm. why couldn't they do it at a time earlier than what they did? Because it wasn't with okay. If George had lived, do you think they would have all went back in time? No, it's possible. But again, it's not necessarily. It would have had George, to. Would have had to as much as it is exactly. But so okay, so part of so here's the thing: like if George had lived, Yahima would have lived. If George had lived, good. Ch- if we're just going by what what George represents. I still believe if George had lived, Hippolyta would not have been able to do her transformation. It wouldn't have happened because she would not have been focused and willing to let go of herself. And so in her real, in, in her own grief and in her own grief, she kind of forgot about her kid, which is what grief does to you. Like you don't, you don't see outside your, your grief sphere that I don't think any of that would have happened. The house wouldn't have been drawn to let her have it. 
the whole thing with Letty and the spirit. She George would have probably been like, uh, hey, how'd you get the money? Like he's more of that, like he's like 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 you said, the Obi-Wan Kenobi. Or if you like, he's the you you're you're a fan of Tolkien. So he's the I'll call him Dumbledore. Gandalf. Gandalf. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, the, but the thing is, he didn't make a, but the thing <laughs> you know? is, he didn't make a comeback. He didn't well, have no, a but see, but, where he where he was that influence on any of the characters. No, but um, you see how things went, like how people were able to pro- to actually process going on their journey without without Gandalf. Like with him there, they were able to do stuff, but they kept relying on him. George was always that person that they relied on. They weren't able to grow within themselves. Letty is the only person that, with George around was still growing and being something else and was still other was she she was like no nah, i'm not letting you i'm not letting you choose who i am she's the only one tick still went back to being a kid that kind of was like oh i wish you were my daddy and now we know he was i mean possibly, uh, possibly. I, I know i know because she had love for both of them and that's what that's what, that's what she said. said yeah and then maury says <laughs> so that's a lot. You, exactly. <laughs> you are not the daddy. Not the mama. Okay, past, oh. that's, so that's basically what's after the blue door and Maury is the per, is that 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 purgatory. <laughs> so yes. That's what she said right now. Oh my gosh, it's it's the fire zone. Um, <laughs> but like I feel like he had like he for this story to have worked, he would have had to die. It would have either had to have been hate he died. Or Montrose died, and if Montrose died, it would not have affected Tick the same way. No, it wouldn't. Tick would not have been as focused, and I need to do this, and this happened if it had been his father, because yeah. you you needed that moment where they where he had to realize, we, and I think it's a moment that all kids have to come come to this agreement with their parents. Like we don't know our we don't know their lives, and just like you're about to become a dad, your kid will not know your life. Your kid will only get glimpses of what people will tell him or her. I'm calling it he like he's a boy. <laughs> like, I don't know. Just like Hanif, hey, your kid, he will never know what your life is unless people are open about it. Yeah. And like the question is like, we don't know, we only know a story of of people of our parents. If he if Montrose would have been the one to die instead of George, Uncle George. Tick would have never came to these moments. He would have never came to get past to to some to some extent his his hatred, his 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 anger. He wouldn't have been able to harness his own fire like his grandmama did. Great grandma, great whatever. Great 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 great. great, great. The well, beautiful uh, ancestor. Right. <laughs> yeah, we don't know how far back, but definitely uh, uh, several greats in there. Right. You know yeah. that eighteen hundred uh, great. <laughs> eighteen hundred great. <laughs> I I understand. I understand your your point. And again, I don't think it was it was such a a bad decision to have him die because I think that set the stage for wow, anything can happen in this show. Yeah. Um, I just think that at a certain point, it didn't live up to that promise of okay, this is why he died, and this is what needs to happen because yeah. I think if Montrose did die, Tick still would have had a lot to process. Because that was still, for as far as he knew, his father. And right. that's the one that he grew up with. So there still would have been a lot to process in terms of how it related to, um, to Montrose. But in terms of the way characters' deaths don't mean as much as they should, the same applies, in my mind, to Ruby, um, who I think deserved a little bit better because she, she they created an entire story arc with her where she's transforming, where she gets close to Christina, where she's the one that helps the audience see 
the connection between Christina and William. However, the the big parts about the ending to her story were shown off screen. And to me, that was a little bit disappointing because, yes, we know that she technically was not dead in order right. for Christina to successfully use that spell. But what happens is she's somewhere in the, you know, in the mansion comatose. Um, eventually, she's going to die because no one's taking care of her. Right. No one's changing any IV. No one's making sure. So it's like she has this slow, lonely, painful death. And we didn't even get to see how Christina discovered it. Now, was it a good surprise that Ruby was actually Christina? Yes. Okay, but can we discuss how I was like, nah, I don't think this is really Ruby? I'm just saying. Just yeah, saying. I mean, well, I had, I, honestly, I, I didn't uh, anticipate that Christina would take over Ruby at first. I thought that Ruby was just so blinded uh, by that, literally drinking that blood Kool-Aid, uh, becoming white and having that um, uh, the job in Marshall Field that she was willing to ride out with uh, Christina, no matter what. So I, I was actually surprised that uh, Christina actually took over Ruby's body or, or basically was able to transform into uh, Ruby. And I was like, uh-uh, nope, that's, that's not her. I don't think that's her. What's, what if that's not her? What if the, and then that was right. I'm just like, okay, I'm just like. See, see Letty, Letty should have figured it out because I was wondering, like, how she get that much blood? Like, I, I get what was implied. But it's like, that was some pretty rough sex for her to have a big-ass bowel of blood like that. I mean, come on. What were they doing? So, <laughs> I, was, I was trying to figure out maybe she doesn't need to actually have it from you know, sex. Like, you no, know, when they shed their, the outer layer from when she turned Yeah, that's from, what I would have did. I, I thought she was going to scoop up some of the glop off the floor and say, okay, well, I got enough of this stuff here. That should be enough. Mm-hmm. But no. But then what was, the, what was the last thing that Letty told Ruby that made her turn on Christina. So to me, it implied that the reason why Christina initially had sex with Ruby as William was so she could get her blood. Yeah. So it seems as if that's what Ruby tried to do to Christina. And that's what made it fair. I don't um, think, it, but I, I didn't think it was, I don't think it was through, well, we, we'll never know if it was through sex, because especially when Christina asks like her first time with the woman, so I, I figured she's not going to uh, transform into Chris, um, to William to have sex with her. I figured that she's going to stay as is, and they'll sleep with one another that way. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't want to seem like I didn't enjoy the episode. Um, that's, that's not what I'm saying. I, I always like to say what I enjoyed about it for the end because it's easier to talk about the things I liked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just some of these things that they, they stick out to me after the fact, which takes it from a show that was really enjoyable, right? To something that could have been like a, a masterpiece similar to what I felt Watchmen was. Um, to me, Watchmen was um, that meal or that piece of chocolate you have where after you finish, you're like, I want more, but I'm completely satisfied with everything about it. This show, it doesn't have me at that level where I felt there was a masterpiece like Watchmen. Um, so again, it, it's some of those decisions. Um, and even in terms of the characters, the difference between George and Montrose and, and some of the character stories, I think it was just a way to cover their changes and to justify other decisions that were made that may not have really made sense when you take a step back and look at it. Like Christina didn't hurt Letty because of Ruby. But she was willing to kill Ruby for as part of her plan. And I get it that she figured that she overestimated her own plan because if if she's immortal, what difference does it make 
if Letty is still alive. Um, but it just seems as if it's just certain things like that where we didn't learn it until we get a flashback. And there's still questions about whether or not that's what happened. Because um, another character, Gia, played a very important role in everything. But was she really there to give her, uh, to complete her story arc? Or was it just to, to have certain things happen in the story because they just wanted it to happen that way? Well, I think it was just to kind of tie her into the overall story. Um, she, I mean, she was an important piece in the, you know, the anti-Christina group that heads up to Artem. But I think with with Gia and her that ever so important scene in the in in this uh, final episode where she sits down with uh, Tick and you know Tick you know tells her how much she meant to her and everything like that and that we really need you. I think it just shows a kind of somewhat of a maturity as far as with Tick's character goes, where he's kind of he's already making his rounds, trying to let everyone know how much he means, to, how much they meant to him. Cause he already in his mind, he's already gonna, he's already fine with sacrificing himself, which we yeah. don't realize until the, again, towards the final scenes when Gia connects herself to uh, Christina and takes body to that way there. She's now, now the, the, the viewer can see all the flashbacks and all the scenes that we couldn't see due to, I guess, time constraints or, or whatever right. have you with how they filmed the episode where you can see Ruby with Christina, uh, you can see uh, Letty also uh, going over the the book of names with um, uh, Hannah's ancestor or descendant. I'm sorry. So that way, it kind of explains how Letty's now well versed in the, in the book of names. She's a, a book of Adam and and stuff like that. It was. I mean, there was a lot going on in this episode. There were some yeah. scenes that definitely felt more filler than than um, actually pushing the overall storyline. But some of the filler was nice. Um, one filler, for example, is. Um, uh, Hippolyta and D. Um, now that D's well, she's still got a jammed up looking arm, uh, but at least now that she's w- awoke and coherent, she has that um, important conversation with Hippolyta. You know, she's just really angry at, at her mother for leaving her. And just like uh, uh, Kay said, that you know, children not ever are going to understand a parent's life or, or their parents' life, who they were before they were born. Um, and their no, and their normal day to day when they're not around them, like you left me. All she, all she understood, all D understood was that her mother left her when she needed her the most. No, when Bobo died and found out Bobo was dead, you weren't there to to help me. Dad is already gone. You are gone. You left me with with four people who didn't look out for me. You left me. Not to say, okay, where'd you go? What what, what exciting things did you see? Like, hey, mom, why you got blue hair? Like, you know, the little things. Like, wait, why, why your hair so blue? But no, just you. But again, she's a she's a preteen, or maybe let's say she's thirteen. She's probably the same age as, as Emma Till, so probably say thirteen. But I think that I like that part with with Dia and Hippolyta. Um, I felt that Dee's response to Hippolyta was real. Um, that is something that a, a child would say if they felt that both their parents left them during the biggest, during the most troubling time in their life. So I felt that, that was real. That to me, it brought out the humanity in both D and Hippolyta. It made them feel like uh, full characters to me. So it, it may seem weird, but I, I did like D's overall story, um, considering she wasn't one of the main characters. I do wish they explained a little bit more how she had the ability that she did. Um, Overall, I loved Hippolyta's story. Um, I think she had the, some of the best sci-fi elements um, in the overall show. Um, 
And so it's those really cool moments that existed in this episode and even throughout the series that I really loved. Um, so even though I was like, okay, I don't know how, why, you know, these arm didn't heal, but it gave a really good opportunity for Hippolyta to show D what she could do. I mean, she basically became like Tony Stark and was mm-hmm. able to make a, a new arm. So I love moments like that. Um, her arm didn't heal because it took him six hours to get freaking yeah, off. Exactly. <laughs> it should have exactly. fixed her arm, but it was healing. But no, when you wait six freaking out, I'm sorry, I'm a bad. So, so, bad. D, so D becomes uh, the sacrificial uh, lamb. Yes, I, I think it was um who was I think it was the, the Safe Negro podcast they had posted on their Twitter uh, when it happened yes. called the D1000. But I, yes, yes. <laughs> but I think it actually be I think it was a, the, the D100 actually, um, but. I thought that was pretty funny um, that they, they, you know, they hashtag that uh, title for D with her uh, new robotic army. Either that she's Winter Soldier or Deathlock or Cable or, I mean, a, a long list of uh, uh, comic book characters with metal expend. Uh, Whatever, she's Edward energy. Elric. Shut up. That's <laughs> <laughs> be it, for all of the, the um, alchemy that they were doing in this episode. <laughs> she's Elvin freaking Brothers. Edward Elric. That's who she is, people. Yeah, a, they were definitely going in. Uh, fighting some homunculi and whatnot. Exactly, and she got her own little pet. Yeah, she good. But her pet was uh, greed. Yeah. Horrible, <laughs> horrible <laughs> people. But you know what was like a really touching moment, and I think everybody wishes this is a moment they have with somebody that that has been lost. The moment where when they're in the when they're in the family realm, and while he gets to talk to his, to his ancestor, the moment the moment of when he's with his mother, that moment was both like when he had to realize that he knew he had to die when he when he's when his head is on his mother's lap he it's like he's a boy again trying to be soothed and he says i don't want to die and then it's something that we all say like it's something that we all believe like we don't want to we don't we 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 all fear our own mortality and the way he's like it's just so beautiful the way he like like kind of tears up even yeah. now, I'm just thinking about it. And I was like, that was such a beautiful moment. And I'm just like, and that's how I, that's the moment when I knew he was going to die. Cause I was like, he got to get the comfort from his family who has passed. He has to accept the fact that I have to sacrifice my myself for my child, which again is like, um, I feel the same way about the great grandma who um, had to burn alive and stand there. At least you're just getting yourself bloodletting, you know? This woman had to stand there and burn. <laughs> You get to just, you know, bleed a little bit and pass out. And yeah. that's not exactly what it is, but still. But like, I mean, and I love you know, the way there's a lot like, of blood was, coming out of those arms. Yeah, I know. I'm like, and I'm just yeah. like, stroking him like he was a baby, like a baby. Like, it was such a, a beautiful moment, even though it's like tinged around fire. And it's like, she, like, she, even she's trying to console her child, like, console her baby. Like, that's just, it was so pretty. I just like, that moment really, really got to me. I still prefer the moment when T'Challa sees his father uh, back in the uh, the ancestral plane after he loses to Killmonger. I think that's still a better uh, yeah. <laughs> scenario. I mean, still, the, both are touching. Both are very touching, but visually, um, I, I just say close. you like purple more than red. Okay, just say it. I like purple. <laughs> yeah, I like purple more than red. <laughs> that's just wrong with that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah but he, I, I think it was a, a touching scene too with it with his mother. Um, it, it, it made me think of some things on a, on a personal level um, that, that you already know, but I won't, I yeah. won't share as part of this podcast. So to me, that was, it was, it was, it was very touching because it was, 
it was very real. Um, yeah. It was very personal. And I could tell, at least I could feel what I felt was the, the level of care they put into that scene and the level of understanding they had in that scene where he did, um, he was a grown man, but he still turned to his mother in that moment. And I, I, I've seen that happen with people even older than Tick, um, where that's what they think of um, in those period of times they're going through. Other things that I won't get into, but I think that also was captured in the moment with Gia, where he explained to her that what you're experiencing is grief. You didn't lose your attachment to the people you cared about. You're experiencing grief, and that's why you feel the way that you do. And I think in terms of this episode going full circle, one of the things that Gia was afraid of was hurting Tick mm-hmm. at a certain point. But he was that final one for her that allowed her to even now have a full life because he was that 100th person. Maybe. Um, so even that tied into everything. And I thought that was, that was something that was nicely tied up. I think the best person that should have died by her would have been the dude in the bar in that restaurant. I'm sorry. I think he could have handled that death. He could have, he could have, <laughs> you know, the, the, the moment of, of like levity in the episode, where, you know, it's like, oh, would you die for this? Like, oh, damn, dude. Yeah, sure. Of course I would die. But remember, but like, going to get up after that. Like, he was really thinking about it, too. For it was. <laughs> like, it's not like, that serious, dude. Like, no, get up and go. <laughs> yeah. And he was just like, wait, let me, like, he looks her over, looks her over again, and it was like, do this though. Like, maybe maybe death don't really mean what I'm thinking it means. Because you know, maybe pass out. Right. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, <laughs> so awesome. But okay, I'm sorry. Can we discuss how back away from the um bar scene before they get to that part when the women are called together after after Tick and Letty have formulated a plan to bring back Titus? If you notice, like when Tick is reading the book, it doesn't seem like it works a little bit but it doesn't work fully. It doesn't really work 100% until Letty's holding the book and the women are doing the chant- the main chanting. Or am I the only person that noticed that? No, I noticed that too. I think that was um, that was deliberate and it was it was key to the, the way it, it showed um, in terms of the ancestors. It just focused primarily on the women in terms of Tick's relatives as opposed to um, any male relatives. I think that was deliberate to, to show the strength in those characters. We have all learned, thank you, and I will, I'm going to say this, I learned from Supernatural, you need the salts. <laughs> it's like, that was the biggest salt circle I have seen in forever. <laughs> now, now was, when speaking of the salt and, and the alchemy and stuff, um, that was pretty cool. Uh, what I liked is that the fact that they were able to, to bring in Titus and then they, they basically jumped him. I say I, I wouldn't mind getting into one of those kind of salt circles to, to uh, beat up some slave owners. Yeah, but you gotta admit, Titus was like, "Screw this! You're not using my magic." Yeah. and then got out and then got brought back. But no, but see the thing—it's not even his magic. That's that's, that's so that's so Perfect. white. No, well, no, I was gonna say that's so white white uh, thinking right there, where you think it's yours because you are familiar with it, because you used it, and you think it's now yours when it's not. There's, like, even like. I could see if this was a language that was originated in um, uh, from white people culture or, or, ca- or Caucasian culture or something like that, where it didn't. You know, this is a language that was already native to Yahima's people 
but she had seen it through, I guess, through her time uh, in, in the vicinity of those caves. So it wasn't even something like he was knowledgeable of it and then he spread it amongst the masses or, or something like that. No, this is a guy who just came across the, these cryptic texts and tried to learn it. It's like me trying to learn Arabic and then trying to look down upon someone in Egypt or Saudi saying, uh, well, you know, this you, is my language. I was like, come on, dude, really? Of course. No, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> you, you can claim it like some people claim America being found. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm, I'm discovering uh, <laughs> territory and lands that people have already been living on for hundreds of years. Exactly. And the way she says what stolen ate yours, I was like, hey, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, it was brilliant. Like, it was gorgeous. That was such a gorgeous moment. So can we say who one of the, the, the real hero was and throughout? Um, you better not say Montrose. Christina. Uh, Letty's track coach. Because <laughs> 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 whatever training she went through, that came through in the clutch. Um, that, was, that was key throughout. But overall, um, Letty was a great character. Um, I, I think it, she was fully fleshed out um, yeah. and she was versatile. I think she's one that, that sincerely grew from the beginning of the series to, to the season, to the end of the season. Um, so I really enjoyed her character. It, it's just, a, to me, it's just a shame that some of it in my mind, in terms of the way this episode ended with Tick, with Uncle George, with others who, who, who died in this, this series is, that it, it's still, even with all that power, it still centers around Black pain. Um, and it that's just, it comes with, it's like, okay, Tick had to die regardless of the power. He had to be sacrificed um, in the way that he did. And I think sometimes um, for a show that, that wanted to, to talk about empowerment, um, it still falls victim at times to, okay, the, the Black person has to be the sacrificial lamb all the time. And that to me is, is why I was mentioning Uncle George, why I was mentioning Tick, because that always seems to be the case, that that is to be expected and there's no other way. And that's the road they want to go down. But I mean, OK, at the same time, it was a white person that I haven't read the book. I'm going to read the book now that the, now that the TV show is over. If Tick died in the book, I can't see how they would deviate from that story as well. Like. I, Yes, would it have been nice for him not to have died or for him to for his blood to have been able to bring him back? Yes, that would have been kind of awesome. But it also would have been like, well, then that gives a cheat in my mind to Christina. Like you, like they're cousins. They're like, yes, the, the next generation is, will still survive. But I feel like because she has his blood in her, if he were to survive and to be able to come back, mm -hmm. so would she. I mean, again, we're not going to talk about the last few minutes yet. We're going to leave that to the end of this of this discussion because that, again, bravo, <laughs> <laughs> bravo. But if she, if that would have happened, then she should have been able to come back to life. And I think it was okay for him to die in that way. Well, maybe not in that way. But how many times can you cheat death? Athletic. No. She, she cheated death. A few times, but Ruby know, right? did Yo, she, you know, it's True, like, she, yeah, that, that's true. Like, she, uh, my bad, you're right. But, you know, maybe it's because of who her father, I'm just kidding, I'm going stop. <laughs> who her daddy might be, no. Oh, but yeah, okay, but I, right. I get it, but it, it's, it's, I think it's, it, it, we've become numb to it in some ways. 
Um, and I think that to me, that, you know, whether he died in the book or not, if he does, then it's the same issue in my mind, um, which is that we don't ever become accustomed to seeing uh, Black people succeed where they can live their life. Um, so in other words, he now doesn't get to see his son grow up, even though he saw him in the future, assuming, you know, presumably when he got the book. Now he no. doesn't get to see his son. He, he's never and, met his son. In the future, remember, the person, a, a woman with a robotic yeah. arm gave him the book and pushed him back through the portal. Yeah. So he's never physically seen his son. He just knows that his son exists because he's reading his novel. Right, and he saw the picture of his son. Yeah. Yes, but, and that's something that we're okay with or the show wants you to be okay with, even though mm -hmm. it, it wants you to mourn. Um, and I think it, it, it's pointing to that. To me, it's still about, it's to be expected where, okay, he's not going to ever get to enjoy those moments. Was there no other way to make this happen? Um, and I think that to me is, is, is the way it treated uh, the deaths of some of these main characters, whether it was Uncle George, whether it was Ruby, whether it was Tick. Um, when it came time for them to die, they were in a way disposable, whether that was intentional or not. No, I get that. I get that. I, I, I see that. Because at one point I was, like, I was like, it would be really nice if he, if he could survive. Like when they, I was thinking initially, like when they are in the other realm and <laughs> they were to take the darkness and the spell out of um, D, I was like, wouldn't that be cool if they could put that in Tick's blood, which would then stop the spell. But that's not what happened. Because, you know, that's what I would have done, <laughs> but that I, I'm not the writer. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of, that was, it would have been nice if he could have survived, but I, my, my thinking still goes back to, I feel like at that point, his life and Christina's are kind of entwined. And if he could survive, then she could survive. And I don't think, I feel like that's not what's supposed to happen. Like, I mean, we clearly know it's not what, but. I don't know. Like, like for me, I just like once she once she took part of his blood, she would have been tied to him and his fate, and because she took his his blood gave her her eternity, and if he was still alive, it would continue to give her eternity. Like she'd be able to come back somehow. In my thinking, I don't know. Uh, I think uh, for them to try to create a. Um, a second se season or a, a spinoff. I think it, it does cheapen the sacrifice that Tick makes. So that way his family, Letty and his son will eventually survive. I could see them doing something like that, like what they did with the, the, the TV show, The 100, where the books themselves ended long before the, the series itself that uh, went on for like six, seven, or possibly even eight years on television. I think it just like, it's, it would kind of water down the Lovecraft um show i mean unless you could do something like okay we're going to follow hippolyta as she travels the multiverses or are you going to jump into the alternate future or or you, or what do they do they use the um time travel capabilities and go in i guess do like a um barry allen flashpoint scenario where you you stop past tick from sacrificing himself and bring him to your future timeline so therefore it kind of branches off and makes a whole new timeline instead of the original one that you guys started off on it's like for what like what's the end goal here other than just we're just putting out more content with black people which is fine but at the same time it's like you we're more creative than just rehashing the same storyline let's create a whole new uh thing i i agree i think um d and 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 hippolyta's uh moment 
um, show the potential that's out there in, in, in Black-oriented sci-fi. Oh um, I'm, I'm really curious to, to see um, what additional shows or what other books are going to be adapted um, based off of, of this show, based off of Watchmen, um, being a, a relative hit on, on HBO. Um, and that's what this, that's one thing that I loved about this show. It shows you the potential and it shows that there is a lot of excitement out there regarding that. Especially when Hippolyta comes with these comic books and who she says taught her. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Yeah. What's that? Not the best part. <laughs> I was like, wait, did he really? Did she just say? Did she just say? And then the fact that the right, that the, that a fool actually like tweeted that, like she's geeked out too. Like, wait, hold up. You mentioned the artist, yes. I wonder if she knew if she knew they were going to mention her name in the show. From what her tweet seemed like, I don't think she did. I think yeah. she was wow. really shocked. Like, yeah, I would be too. Like, wait, they? Oh wow! Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, did they just? They did. They totally. But um, that I can I just I was just like, yeah, that was beautiful. That was yeah, that was. Because I, I was just it. thinking about where I'm going to, I have a piece of art from her that I was thinking about where I'm going to put it at in this one room. And now, and then the show mentions her name. I'm like, are you kidding me? Everyone knows who she is. This is great. So I, was, right. I was happy for her in that moment. Okay. So she had written, um, being mentioned in the series were not only freaking amazing. It was so much love to explain. It was so much to explain. My father was denied art scholarships in the 60s. Being able to share this with him now, such a proud moment for my family. Like, wow. What? What? And then she wrote like she did like a whole big and oh my gosh, I remember just how to do the the she wrote a lot, like she tweeted a lot. Like she said, I cried when I first saw this. I cried. <laughs> when she first saw what her name being mentioned in the uh-huh. thing. Just, uh-huh. That was what she wrote yesterday at as it happened. I cried. <laughs> And, and, and I mean, that, that means a lot, especially because it's not like she's a new artist, like, oh, no, she's up and coming. She's been established for quite a while and she's done great work in uh, different mediums uh, of art. So for her to even be this emotional, this surprised and ecstatic about this piece of work, it really shows you just how important Lovecraft Country was um, to us, people of color. Oh, wait, she yeah. did know. Okay, somebody named an Englishman in San Diego asked her that question yesterday. She said she did know when Pops Master J.P. Jones told me it took a second for me to understand what he meant. It didn't register in my mind and it, she didn't realize it until until they sent her the clip and that's when the tears started flowing. Oh, wow. That's Good still job. incredible. Wow. It is. Good mm-hmm. job, an Englishman in San Diego for the question, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that question. <laughs> Can I tell you, I'm so sad to see when they kept showing the store and how the store would have the um, sign about getting you safe and travel and then like take like take final one before the journey and like and he's looking back and seeing it his family together and i'm just i'm sorry i'm probably gonna cry but it yeah. was just so sweet it was just so amazing like everybody's doing their role everybody is part of their family even he looks lovingly at his dad like, who wasn't who wasn't drinking finally I mean, come on, look. You done go- look. Let's just be honest. If any of us were going through all of this crap, who would not drink? Me. <laughs> Me. I might have a lot of extra sugar and sweets, but I wouldn't drink. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. I forgot. My bad. I forgot, I forgot what, the two people I was speaking with. I'm sorry. There'd be some vodka in my life at this point, okay? Right. <laughs> but you know, there's, there's one scene I love too, and it made me think of 
Black Road Trip when they were all singing in the car. Like that moment, even though it made me a little bit nervous because it's like, okay, there's too much happiness in a in a in a show like this. Somebody's about to die. I still love seeing <laughs> yep. that moment. So those are nice little touches again that I think uh, you know are gonna stay in my mind long after the the, the season is done. And can I tell you that's what really kind of like net like did the coffin in the nail for me to tell to tell me that that wasn't really Ruby because I'm like hold up because well, Ruby, Ruby didn't, didn't like that song Life Will Be a Dream like she didn't like remember like in the first time we meet her she's like y'all don't really want to sing Life Should Be a Boom Boom you know boring so the I fact don't that even remember that damn you're good I don't, I don't remember that at all no <laughs> that's, like, that's what's like yo this this cannot be Ruby this cannot be Ruby I'm like I want her to sing along. But I'm like, this can't be Ruby because Ruby didn't really care for the song. So that was me. And like then everybody wow. like, again, like I pick up the dumbest, like the, the randomest things are what stick in my mind. No, but that's key though, because if, if Letty picked that up, she would have realized earlier that it, right. it couldn't have been her. Exactly. But she didn't. I was just like, but I but at a point, like they all everybody in the front seat looked like they was kind of pissed off, but everybody in the back is singing. So it's like, oh, okay, they realize that this isn't her. And I'm like, nope, they start singing. I'm like, oh, okay, so. Maybe I'm wrong. And then I was like, no, I still feel like it's not her. And it was like, okay, but that was me. Ah, it was so good though. No, you you hey, you 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 figured that one out. Cause I, I totally thought it was I thought it was really um Ruby until uh Letty said, uh, you know, I'm glad you agreed to come with us at the cemetery. I was like, wait, no, she didn't. And she turned around and that's when she re- that's when Christina realized that she was already outed as being, you know, pseudo uh Ruby. Yeah. And then, even though I think Ruby deserved better, um, that was a fun fight scene. That was was (laughs) was awesome fight fight scene. (laughs) It was. (laughs) And to be honest, like, oh man, who has not wanted to beat the crap out of their sibling? So, (laughs) even though it's not really her sibling, just, I'm sorry, I got three siblings. And there have been times that if I could have taken a bat to one of my siblings, Wow, damn. <laughs> I'm the youngest of four, look. My life was... <laughs> yeah, there have been times. <laughs> so I could see the fact that she was whooping on her sister. I was like, yep, that's that aggression from when y'all were kids. I really thought she was going to punch her in the stomach. <laughs> I was like, she's going to punch her in the stomach. She's going to cause her to lose this baby. Watch. and then, But she didn't. She, I mean, she gave a few, few kidney shots, though. She did. <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> she was like, uh, excuse me. Because yeah, Ruby's not a small lady, no way. So she she definitely was take, handling Letty easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, can we discuss the MVP of fighting? Oh, uh, Hippolyta in the, in the bridge. Yes. She, yeah. <laughs> she, <yeah. laughs> she channeled everything she learned from the multiverse. Was coming in there. She had to stick. Or was that a stick or a rake or something like? It that? looked like a rake. It looked yeah. like a like a rake or a pitchfork. And she was ass. Yeah. I'm like, yes. This is how you beat somebody. And I'm like, yep. Y'all thought she was gonna be easy prey. Ha ha, suckers. Yeah. Nope. You hit her with the embalm back. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't expect that. They're like, oh shit. What's what going she, on? What yeah. is she saying? I think she's speaking jive. <laughs> they didn't expect that. Not at all. Not at all. Oh, but that was beautiful. I loved it. I loved it, it. What was even better is that they knocked Mancho's out. I was like, he's they just put his ass to sleep and then he wakes up just when everything's over. Yep. Tick, 
take get up wake up take like yeah thank you because his ass would have still did something stupid uh but i'm glad he you know they knocked him out made him because this episode really wasn't about him and he didn't really his his episode was really his story finished with him being able to survive visiting revisiting tulsa yeah i noticed you're just literally like in a, in a car and woody you're along for the ride you know basically you, you don't need to do anything else we could have left we could have left you in a car with uh with d in the middle of the woods in the car by herself again nope. we keep leaving this poor little girl what by name? herself in the woods like why are you leaving her i mean we know why but still like with Montrose, was he supposed to be putting around a salt barrier around the entire um mansion of artem or just in a certain area see now that's what i didn't understand i assume maybe around the the barrier like and like maybe again i'm thinking it's, i'm thinking i'm thinking it's full metal i'm thinking he's doing he's trying to make the <laughs> He's, he's he's making the sorry, he's making a symbol for Full Metal. He's about to do the album. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the full he tried. He, that, he that, that, if the townspeople had red eyes, I'm like, hey, yes. right? <laughs> exactly. We all know this alchemy. We know this alchemy. Right? That philosopher's stone. Who knows? <laughs> exactly. It's not the book. Of, not the book of names. It's the philosopher's stone. No. Yeah. <laughs> They're not original. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of the actual spell or the, the, the twist in terms of what they were able to do with Christina, um, Kay, you asked an interesting question about what does it really mean? Yeah. Um, um, and that's referring specifically to how the show said at the end that uh, magic is now taken away from white people. So they can never use it again what like magic is when she says magic is ours now i'm like that's so beautiful but then my question is um hey letty why are you able to use magic so well she was again she was very fluent in in using um uh, the the spells but from 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 but from what we are um hinted at earlier on about about letty's parentage if white people can no longer use uh, magic why are they able to use it so well and does this mean people that are that are mixed with uh that are mixed black can use it or is it literally just white people that can't use it like can hispanics use it but realistically let's just go back can can we rachel dolezal can a rachel dolezal use it magic no she can't because her melanin count is still too low that's that's all that's all that's what magic checks for almost like a like a computer you know you check to see which plugins you got your melanin count is at zero then no you can't use magic we go to and then (laughs) it bypasses you so pretty much uh, white people have been turned into muggles. If we're doing Harry Potter references, white people are muggles now. We're gonna. They don't have. They can't use a the force. There's no midichlorians in their system. Anakin was black. <laughs> <laughs> but it does interest. It does lead to a lot of interesting questions because, as we know, due to slavery, a lot of black people have mixed heritage. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? How does right. it impact them? And and aside from that, are they referring to just, you know, white people in America or certain countries of white people or saying because all white people aren't the same. So it does lead to some of those questions like and the moment it's like, oh, wow, that's deep. And then you think about it, it's like, what does it really mean? Like you said, so it's a little ambitious spell in my mind, because was she just saying that to Christina and, you know, to, to get one last shot in or was that really supposed to have meaning? And then, like the other, the other, the other um, lodges, those that had power, that had magic, is it automatically stripped from them? And then, what about like Gia? She's not white. She's not black. 
but she a creature. So what about the mythologies in other countries, like European countries that have vampires or European countries that have werewolves or European countries that have other little spirit things and they use magic? Is that now taken and those things are no longer around? I think just white people. I, I mean, okay. I, they, they, I, don't, I haven't read the book, but I believe I'm, how I took it was just that's supposed to be like a dramatic. Um, uh, not so about white people. Yeah, but like basically white people and the, the people who are using this magic is no longer accessible to you. And magic was never a thing of commonplace knowledge to uh, society as a whole, black, white, or brown or whatever. So it's not like everyone knew about magic and okay, now I, I've been, I took my wine out of my pocket that lunchtime is now it's not working. Who do I call? I got to know. I think it's just for the people who had limited access to it, like the, the people in that cult, uh, the, well, cult society, whatever, however you want to name it. Those people will no longer be able to use magic. They can say the phrases all they want, but nothing's going to happen. Similar to what uh, happened with Christina, she's trying to talk about and, and say something towards the end, and she just tell oh, you it's not going to work for you anymore. As far as if other people, other people of color can use it, uh, I would presume so. But I mean, again, that's probably something they they can explore if they want to do a secondary season and show how how uh, maybe they, maybe this is going to be a new timeline where the events of our current events of our um, history don't take place. Now, I don't know, now that black people got magic, they're using magic all over the place. You know, so they, they, they like what Killmonger said he wanted to do with getting the uh, vibranium into the different uh, countries around the world that are black people being suppressed. Yeah, like, was... I mean, is, is it going to be like that where, you know, it's basically got magic, black magic warriors taking on white people? Or like, I mean, sure, that, that, that can be an episode, but it's like, I don't know if that's enough for a full season. They have Harry Potter battles in the middle of the sea, <laughs> like this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that might be pretty cool though. <laughs> yeah. like, I want my, my magic bag. What's the yeah. A whole lot of people are gonna be like, "Oh, you find out you're really black." Like, hey. Are you Hufflepuff, oh, son? You Hufflepuff? Oh, you, Hufflepuff? Oh, you have like the Terry Crews of the world worrying about black magic supremacy and all of that. So. <laughs> you want to go overboard, right? Right. right. <laughs> well, maybe let's not let maybe let's not let everybody have We need to have white allies with magic too. We need to let some white exactly. brothers have it. No. White magic matters. Let's let's progress to the the uh, penultimate scene of this episode. Um, oh. It's uh, Dee's uh, revelation to the audience members that her, I guess, malnourished or mis uh, uh, disfigured arm is now gone, and she now has a robotic arm. You mean how she how she flips it open again because she's Edward Elric, right down to the red jacket. I'm just saying, Dee's wearing that red coat like a like like a cloak like like Edward does, <laughs> and he and she rips it off. So you see her arm as she's about to do the best thing in this entire episode. Yes, <laughs> and not not to mention she also has the black shagoth alongside with her. So it's like yes. it's, like she's walking with it like it's her puppy or a moon girl, a devil dinosaur kind of. Right. Which they also said that should be a, a new, that should be a Kickstarter. No, that should. Have, have yeah. D, D and the, the Black Shagoth going around taking out races. That would be great. <laughs> and then she tell like, and then as she even like, because poor, poor, poor Christina is screaming help because she's still stuck pinned, which is funny because she's pinned still with magic. Like she's still, you know, I guess she's not Look. dead. Yeah, or at least she's so she's at least at some point potentially possibly immortal because no. the rocks were heavy and they should have crushed her. Yeah, because I mean, Maybe. just because you're immortal doesn't mean that you're invincible that you to pain and stuff like right. that. Right. 
Amy's and then like, and she's pleading for D to help her and no. Yeah. And D's like, you just don't get it. And the uh, use her vice grip on her winter soldier arm and chokes her out and basically breaks. No, she rips her throat out. She does. She rips her throat out. Like yeah. she squeezes and squeezes and squeezes. And it's so perfectly framed by the moon. Yeah. Come on. It, come on. Like this but, little girl has gone through some trauma, but she's been like, F it. They don't understand. Sometimes there's got to be blood. And she just chokes her. Like, come on. Tell me that's not beautiful. Yeah, it is. I think it was in, in the moment. Based off of everything she witnessed, everything she saw Christina do to others and to her friends and knowing what happened with Bobo, I think it was understandable to have her kill Christina and not be like, oh, they just had the, the little kid kill someone. Uh, I mean, I thought that <laughs> was great. We had a little, a little kid kill somebody. But I think it was, in the moment, it was understandable. Um, and even though it was a really cool scene to have her with the um, cigar in the background and the moon, it, it came off like, I know that was fan service. That was, that was complete fan service at that point. And it was okay. It was okay. I love yeah. a little fan service. Yeah. I love it. Because like, like she said, they still don't understand. No, it's got to be blood. You have to end the bloodline. And, the, and if Christina would have still been able to somehow live, I think she could have found another way to get her power back. I really think she would have because she, why, while Letty and them know it and Letty has been versed in it because of her time in the ancestor realm, Christina still has years of knowledge. And then with when she had access to the book, even if it was for a short period of time, she was able to do a lot with that knowledge. So she had to die. So she, so she had to die. She did. She just. She had <laughs> I to agree. Go. She did. I Ooh. think there were some some things about her that weren't inherently bad or evil. I no. think it was the show made it seem as if it was because of her upbringing, um, and sometimes just her her lack of understanding. Like some people, they're just not good, um, and relating to others. And I think Christina's upbringing made it almost impossible for her to relate to others. Um, except for someone like Ruby, who did get close to her. So I think Christina didn't view herself as being evil or wanting to really harm others as much as she just wanted what she wanted and everything was just a matter of fact. Um, so Tick, he just had to die, not because she wanted him to suffer, but because he could give her what she wanted. Um, right. And I, I think that would have continued if Christina was allowed to survive. She would have kept trying to find a way. She would have found allies. She would have done a lot. Like, she even still typed, like, even with her, she even still drew the blood symbols on the thing, knowing that it wasn't going to work, but she still did it. Like, okay, cool. So, it's just, you almost feel bad for her. Like, I'm not going to lie. I feel slightly bad if Christina had to die. But then I realized, it's okay. <laughs> She's fine. <laughs> she ate. <laughs> she killed Ruby. And then I think if she would have not, I would have made it feel a little bit worse for her had she not used Ruby's skin. Had she not come as Ruby. And then her whole thing about how she, for the first time she feels the pull of family. Because she sees what, what her life could have been if she would have had family around her, which I guess would have been different. But still, like you come and you insult them and then you become, yeah, like. It's fine if you if you're a white woman you want to wear a white man's skin. I'm okay with that. I don't. I got a problem with you being a white woman trying to be a black woman. Uh uh No, you deserve death for that one. I mean, a uh, fictional death. Yeah. Yeah. Can we think about how how Christina was also probably 
one of the dumbest characters in the show. Um, because think think about it. She wanted to be immortal, but she didn't even know what there was to live for. But on the other hand, no one could hurt her whatsoever. So she could pretty much do anything she wanted to do in life without any fear whatsoever of being hurt. So what's the difference? I mean, I think it's fair to say that she was fairly young in the show. Um, it wasn't like she was at the end of her life, um, but closer to the beginning of it. So if she was invulnerable, what difference did it make to be immortal? But I guess that was just the, the hunger for more power. Right, and to prove to prove that she could be it. Like, I see similarities between Gia and her. Like, Gia is just, Gia is not connected initially to humanity because she's no, she's not human. Christina is not connected to humanity, even though she is human, but she's not connected because of her upbringing and because of the magic she's seen, but yet she can see the magic, but she know you're not allowed to have it. So, despite it being, yes, yeah, she she could go she could go through this world without a problem, except for in the one place that she wanted to be. Yeah, I think that's a, a good point. The, the parallel between Christina and Gia, um, they both needed just to take one more life, and but their view of taking that life was completely different. Right. Probably should have slept with more people. Maybe her life would have been better. I'm just no, kidding. Yeah, but <laughs> Gia actually said when she first came back to Tick, she said she had made. She already had made her hundred. Um, oh, okay. People. Yeah. I mean, not, not in this episode, but I think the previous episode, she had mentioned that she had she had made her hundred. Yeah, she just was still. I I still feel like like the chick lied to her. Like you're not going to be a hundred souls because I believe like with um when it comes to that kind of mythology, I believe it's like a thousand. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you have to be like it's like a thousand years or a thousand souls. Like it's not a hundred. Like I'm. You got to put some sure. work in here, right? Like a hundred people you can kill. She got to get those numbers up. Right? You need you, yeah. need, you need a challenge. A <laughs> hundred is not a challenge. Like well, her problem is that she's not. She doesn't have any repeat customers. Whatever. That's spring break in in, in, <laughs> in Miami. You could do that in a weekend, a hundred. You should go on the beach and just do, do, throw those tentacles out. That's all. She's just latching onto everything. Right, you know, just strut out in a bikini. You'll be fine. <laughs> You'll get your hundred in, in no time. Oh, I'm sorry. That's so wrong. Yeah, but I think now that the, the, the season is over, it allows us to go back and check out the book. I think we'll do another episode where we can really get in depth with the review of the book uh, in comparison to the film or to the show, which ones we prefer and, and the different uh, mi- minor or perhaps possibly major details uh, and differences between the two. And what changes would you have re- like, what changes were were made for the better or what changes were made for the, for mm-hmm. the worst? Worst sounds weird, but you yeah. know. Yeah. No, no, that's, yeah, I mean, well, not to you. That's, I mean, honestly, the entire show was was great. Uh, so, but there are some parts that we I'd like to have done better. That's all. I wouldn't yeah. say the worst, but it could have been done better. Definitely, there's yeah. some things that could have been better. Like you know, what did freaking uh what what did she see when she went when she went to her mother's room, and her eyes just got big. It's probably the arm. Probably her you no. Know, Thinking around, looking like uh, Tony Stark inside the Afghani cave in Iron Man One. You no, know, he's. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's, he's putting the, she's putting together that arm for her. I presume that's what it was. 
I still do kind of wish that, but I guess like while Tick was able to get closure with his family, what bothered me again, like with, with Ruby, she didn't get to get, she didn't get to do closure with her family. The, the last thing she said to her sister is something is, was basically, you only want to be sisters when it's some, when it's like something in it for you. And I got to admit that has touched so close to home for me for not just like, like not necessarily for family members, but for people that have been in and out of my life. And the fact that Ruby said it to her sister and like, it may have finally hit her sister that she wasn't wrong. But because even when she's talking, like even after she says to her, like she says, there's more you need to know. She has a look of defiance on her face, but not that it, not that she truly accepts what her sister says. And then so, someone tell me how the hell did she get the damn signet, the thing put back on her after Christina's happy ass took it off. I think that yeah. was a flashback that Gia saw where you see Ruby whisper while looking down at Letty. I think she put the spell back on Letty because of Ruby's request to not harm Letty. It doesn't make full sense to me that she why she would do that, but I believe that's what they showed, and that's how she was able to survive. Yeah, basically, you watch the last five minutes of the show again in slow motion. You'll see all of the flat, all of the uh, the flashback scenes that Gia sees when she's connecting herself to Christina. When she's got her nine tails, I'm sorry. She only had two. They came out of her eyeballs this time, thankfully. Come on. No, nah, no, nah, they could have been more creative. No, nah, I'm kidding. But <laughs> like, why gotta be the eye ones? Like, yeah, but I think in, even in terms of, of Ruby, um, that scene, I, I understand the point Ruby was trying to make overall about Letty, but I think in that moment, it also ignored the context of the current situation and even Letty's growth throughout. Um, because I think at that point, Ruby was the one who was behaving in a selfish way, um, not necessarily Letty, because Letty was trying to stop. Christina and in a way all the others who were using magic to harm black people and all Ruby wanted Whoa. to do was play dress up. Whoa, was she trying to harm was it harming the people that were like was it stopping people that were hurting black people or was it stopping people that were hurting her family? Because at this point, Tick is her family. Her baby is her family. I think she it was everything. Because remember, Letty was also part of the civil rights movement where she would go around trying to help other people. Um, and that's what led to them feeling the way they did because she was trying to get away, but she was also trying to help other people to an extent. But on the same token, if you look at it in terms of uh, Ruby not wanting to make uh, a decision, what's the difference between asking Ruby to do that but then asking Tick to give his life up? Yeah. And so that's what I mean by some of the, the inconsistencies in the story and, and some of the characters deserving better because Ruby couldn't understand it in that moment. But the show made Tick finally understand it in that moment. So which one is it? Mm. Tick, could, could, Tick could have easily said Montrose now, you know, he didn't want him to die. Um, but Letty or anyone else who wanted him to die, they just wanted something for themselves as well. But they didn't, they didn't have it in that same manner. I think if they showed what Letty said to Ruby at the end, that may have made it a difference. Um, so that you can see her final words to her sister as opposed to leaving that to the imagination. 
Yeah, because it would have been able to, for us to figure out why she decided to help. But then again, I feel like in the end, Ruby is always the sister that does help. And I guess it's because I see a lot of Ruby. I, I, identif- I think out of everybody, I identified the most with Ruby. Well, there's, a, there's three of them. But like, I identified more with Ruby than I did with Letty. I identified more with Hippolyta than I did with Letty. Like, because to me, some of Letty's actions are still selfish and kind of self-serving. For her family, for the, for the life inside of them all, for all of it. Like, mm-hmm. if she wasn't pregnant, would she have done this? If she wasn't pregnant, would she have put as much of herself into this or is it because she now had to she now was fighting extra hard to protect her child and she wanted to to start a life with the man that she loved i think i think she would have because she was there from the beginning you have to remember they were involved in car chases getting shot at and going through museums where they were in danger and she was still down for the cause now it was way before she was pregnant well, she so, the, her first ride with them was wasn't really to ride with them. It was literally to go to see her brother. But her brother was like, "You not basically half of you not staying here." So she ended up staying with taking them. Yes, the car the they they bonded initially before she made it to her brother's house. But she was she was on her way to her brother's house to stay. But because of the yelling and screaming and the brother hit what he said, basically, that's why she continued on the journey with them. Not that she was going to. She continued on because she could not stay with her brother. Plot convenience or how family works. A little bit of both. But she wasn't always going to travel on it. Like her, her goal initially was she was going to stay with her brother because she did not want to stay in the crappy boarding house that her sister was staying in. And then... The world happens. <laughs> and, then, and then the world happened. You know. <laughs> the Fire Nation attacks. Yeah. <laughs> Way off topic. <laughs> but but you understand the reference. True, true. Yeah, I feel like that's what it was. And again, they just crossed that freaking bridge with people. Dumbass covered bridges are always bad news. Like a Sleepy Hollow reference. They're, all, they're never good in any fictional story. In any story, the, a covered bridge is not a good thing, ever. But the it, characters need to learn that. They really, really do. Any final thoughts of uh, Lovecraft Country? We're all gonna try to use magic starting tomorrow and see what happens. Oh, like calling out from work, see if that magically will work for you. <laughs> My boss is black, so no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, my supervisor is black and that is not going to work out well for me. Maybe <laughs> hey, add an extra day to the weekend. You know? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Oh my God. Yeah. I'm going to try to levitate stuff. I'm just kidding. But I, I have to say in terms of uh, Lovecraft, I did enjoy the ride. I think it's, it's an important series uh, from the standpoint of we should be able to enjoy sci-fi um, centered around Black characters, um, even Black historical events. But I think it showed that you can have uh, sci-fi and fantasy elements related to Black characters and for it to be enjoyable and for it to be normalized as well. So 
So I, I enjoyed the show for what it was. I enjoyed the ride overall. But I think it, it, it can play an important role in, in, in pushing that forward a bit more. Okay. I enjoyed it as well. I think I like this series because it's a period piece with tangible history that you can actually, a lot of your know, friends, family members, uh, you can probably talk to them and they can relive. You know, doing those rides down to the South, uh, using the Green Book and stuff, it's not something so far away or so far removed from our own reality that this seems like it's fantasy. It's grounded in reality, uh, a dark reality of America, which unfortunately makes America who we are. And for that, I enjoyed the show. I have to admit, like, it tells the story of pain for every month, even though it centers on Black people. The story of a min- of the min- of the min- of the minority in America is one always rooted in pain. From the moment that first wonderful ship arrives here, and we know which ones I'm talking about, those three that we learned from that cute little ditty when we're like in the second grade, those ships when they when they arrived here, is it's literally pain for each minority ever. It, it, it's it's always there's always an element of pain that is accompanied in America like it's at the root of it it's the pain of people of color so you're not talking about the Staten Island Ferry <laughs> I mean as long as that thing crashes no <laughs> I'm totally talking about the Staten Island Ferry there you we know. go it's that one that that horrible thing <laughs> Because nothing should ever come off that island. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, someone's going to be like, screw you, Westchester people. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh-huh. Staten Island. Y'all know it's true. Exactly. They know it's true. You know, I, I think it was, I enjoyed it. I think it, it, it should have been a bit more um, focused now that I know how it ended. Um, and I'm not going to be one who's like, well, they should have stuck to the book in this way or that way. You know, so I'll wait to see how it how it goes. But I, I just wish it dived into some aspects a little bit more, such as the use of magic, um, the sci-fi elements. I think it could have um, focused on that a little bit more. And I know they wanted to focus on the characters and utilize the actors they had um, to a full extent. But I think... They tried to do so much in the last episode with the magic and the arm and that it, they could have let us enjoy that a little bit more throughout the season. So you think it should have been more episodes? It should have been uh, more than 10? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because sometimes maybe 12 or 13, but sometimes when they have more episodes, there's just more filler. I just think some of the episodes they did have um, they may have been able to just trim down some of, you know, the filler connected to it. Like with the episode with Ruby first started changing. Um, I think for her to change so much and the whole department store, I mean, I know that allowed the character and the, the actor to shine, but at the end of the day, was it really necessary to show an entire episode of her just changing? Well, if they were always going to kill her, yeah, because it gave her... Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, if they were always going to kill her, then did they need to do that? Yeah, I don't think they should have um, addressed it that way. But I'm curious to see what you feel once you read the book or you look up the stuff about the book, because I did change my opinion in, in, a, in a few ways about it. Well, I'll try to finish the book. I, I bought the book. I have it now. 
So I'll try to read it this week and see and see what I think. All right. Thank you for listening to us today. For more, you can follow us on Twitter at Three Hokages Podcast, or you can check out our website at threehokages.com. For gaming news, check out our Twitch account. Have a good day. No itch when I kick it, cause it's preordained. When I spray, roll at three Hokage. We on sight, think a night, maybe move all ways. It's hard to see three ninjas when they move on stage. Now we're tuned up the sound of the new old age. Book words more clever. The stakes is higher, the stakes is higher. Based on the day, it's wire. The culture ain't the case of day to day attire. Nah, respect the frame, the bands is fire. Pay comments, we can speak about us. Pay comments, we can speak about us. Pay comments, we can speak about us.